0: Yeah, I don't. I'm distracted right now because there's a large snake moving across the grass in front of me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, whatever. It's so it's so hard to do a podcast with you in Indonesia. There's all kinds of danger surrounding you, like every minute of the recording. <laughs> Whether it's being trampled yes, by horses or eaten by snakes. Wow, he can really move. You are now listening to Good, Bad or Bullshit. Hello, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, the podcast where three guys uh, get together and talk about things that they probably don't know about. Um, Joining me today is Crofton Steers. Hello, Crofton. Hey, Bo. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm uber excited to be here. Oh, you used the Uber. (laughs) I know what that is.
1: (laughs) I'm bringing it back, baby. You're not
0: indoctrinating me, I swear. Um, also, uh, typically who joins, who joins us, but is an absentee, is that is Michael Hodgins, he's not here, still lost in Indonesia somewhere.
1: It's funny because we always like queue up by saying, Hey, it's three guys. But for the last little while, it's been two guys.
0: I know he's putting a real strain on our podcast partnership (laughs) by not, by not being here yet. Always making us say three guys, but, uh, it is three guys. We're the three uh, horsemen of the podcast review apocalypse. And um, we're here to review some stuff today. Now, uh, Crofton, do you got anything you want to share with listeners before we get started?
1: I want to share an epiphany I had today, Bo.
0: Oh, I love epiphanies. Those are great moments.
1: Is actually maybe I'm overselling this, but uh, I was I was thinking about uh, different types of entertainment and how like there's grade A entertainment and sort of grade B entertainment and like how how you know when you're when you're watching a movie and you just don't want it to end or you're watching a TV show and you're like oh you just want to watch episode after episode and then there's other shows that you kind of like and you're like eh and, and 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 same thing with with games or. Or books like my wife we- reads tons, tons of books but then there's some series that she really loves yeah. I just I just find that like we talked about review aggregators last time and I just started thinking about it and it, it's funny I'm, I'm gonna try and spend less of my time on things that are less than grade a entertainment I'm looking for grade a from now on baby
0: yeah time is the resource right we have so much uh, so much like creative art in terms of film, movies, music, all kinds of this entertainment. There's so much of it that uh, it's really not a question of, I mean, it's nice to have all these options, but uh, you really have to limit it uh, or else you'll just spend all your time doing that. So, it's got to uh, be grade A. Yeah, speaking of grade A, the third episode of the last season of Breaking Bad has is airing or has aired, and so after this, I'll be watching it.
1: See, I'm not I'm not a huge Breaking Bad guy, but that strikes me uh, from, you know, the reviews <laughs> As Grade A, so kudos for watching some Grade A.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you real quick before we get started, have you seen The Cabin in the Woods?
1: No, I think that's on Netflix, though, eh?
0: Yeah, I I actually took a watch of it. It's not quite what you think. Like, it's kind of bad, it's campy, but it's really good. Like, I recommend uh, if you're looking for a movie to watch, uh, a light movie, it kind of turns the genre on its head, so it's... uh... Is
1: it, wait, Bo B+, B, or is it Grade A?
0: Ah, man, it dips his toe in the A pool, but mainly for its like it's campy, so it's not it's not actually A, but it's good in the sense that if you kinda like the horror genre and you like Only A Bo. And you like things being turned on well, I said it can be an A in a certain regard. Anyways, I'll let you, you know, decide just now that you have a review from someone you know that says, Well, it wasn't you know, it's worth watching anyways, but uh I I would I would pass over it Other things. There's definitely worse things you could be watching. All right. So um, I'm going to get uh, this old random topic generator started. For those of you who've been following along in the past few episodes, I've had to go to Mike's house and use it since Mike's uh, somewhere in Indonesia getting chased by snakes and riding horse carriages. Um, Is his cat still alive? Yeah, his cat. Snoopy's fine. So uh, Snoopy's well fed, Mike. You don't need to worry about Snoopy. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I don't see Snoopy very often because he's often out and about. He's an outside cat, so he's pretty good about going outside and coming back. Now, um, all right, so uh, I'm going to give the uh, random topic generator here uh, a pull. Okay, Now was it. The, do you remember if I the chokes on or off? I'm not good with this stuff, dude. I, I'm pretty
1: sure it was on, but I don't know anything about. Yeah. All right, mechanics. here we go. Here we go. Oh, I'm uber excited for this boat.
0: Oh man, it's so bad. Okay, and the topic is summer blockbusters. Oh man, a perfect fit
1: with what we were talking uh, talking about, uh, grade A and all that sort of stuff. Uh,
0: yeah, I guess we got, got kind of like a movie theme going um, because we had review aggregators and now we got some blockbusters and we were not, just talking about movies.
1: They do all sort of tie in. The, the review aggregation stuff touches everything, but uh, some are blockbusters. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll, I'll do the opening spiel on those. They're sort of self-explanatory, but... Pretty much since since Steven Spielberg put Jaws on, on the screens in the summers of the seventies, late seventies, um, the summer blockbuster season has existed, and that is the the idea that that uh, from about and it keeps expanding honestly, but from about May to the end of August, you have like the biggest. Uh, of the the Hollywood movies in terms of special effects, in terms of uh, um, you know name actors, um, uh, brand brands such as everything from Star Wars to Harry Potter to whatever, um, these are you would argue the biggest movies of the year at least in terms of drawing power, in terms of drawing large audiences and making tons of money, um, and. We're talking about summer blockbusters in particular here, so while there are blockbusters at different seasons the the interest really for me lies in why do they pile up all these movies during the summertime and what why not space them out throughout the year and is this summer blockbuster movie the type of movie that they air the sort of popcorn flick is that is that uh Uh, a rewarding genre is that something that we should be celebrating and enjoying or is it just mindless filmmaking corporate filmmaking uh these are sort of the 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 points that we can discuss on summer blockbusters bo have you seen any movies this summer
0: um no i don't really go to the movie theater actually (laughs) because i've got a sweet television and um, I enjoy watching films from the comfort of my own home. Um, now there is a difference between like a big screen TV and a large theater, but um, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't have the appeal. It's hard to. I think the deal with summer blockbusters is they have the data to back it up. Hollywood and well, the movie industry that we know is a business, and I have to imagine that there's you know evidence to show that you know attendance is at an all-time high during the summer and that's why they do that and there might be a myriad of factors like cuz my thinking is you know it's summer it's time to be outside it's time to do fun things uh why would i go sit in a movie theater but um and, you know and this is where you know the theater is supposed to have this communal experience so it's not so much that you're going to see a movie but you're going to see a movie with other people it's very important that you're going to see it with other people and you hear a lot of people say oh I hate when my seats are taken or all the other annoying people but to me there isn't much point to going to the theater unless you're it's on some level wanting to have that communal experience where everyone's laughing and gasping at the at the film and you're undergoing this kind of you know this community thing um, so obviously the data backs it up that they're supposed to be uh, you know, big draws in the summer. So I think that's where they position them.
1: I think though, Bo, with regards to that, your points are well made. I see way less movies than I used to. Like I remember, there was a summer in the late '90s where I saw pretty much everything that was in theaters. Part of that is because we now have access to to more things, like uh, your giant TV. Things like Netflix video streaming, all that sort of stuff. On the other hand, though, we're we're older, and um, I think for teenagers, it, it's it often. Offers an escape from the house, uh, something to do. If you if you go to some of these big theaters on a Friday Saturday night, it's just you know it's just packed with young people, and a lot of the m- movies skew young for that very reason, right? They want to they want to draw that audience because they know our audience is now sort of watching from the comfort of their own home, and I think you see TV going in that direction, skewing towards us. Whereas you've got you've got um, summer blockbusters in particular. <laughs> Uh, looking to 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 capture the um, generation Y and younger, essentially. Yeah,
0: maybe it is a younger thing because I remember, you know, going to the to the movie theater to to just be on a date, for example, and you know maybe make out and then sometimes even have sex, <laughs> like <laughs> in the movie theater. In the movie theater, <laughs> I, I, I've both seen and participated in said activities, um, and I don't know that I would do it. Now I'd feel creepy and old, but um, you know when you're young, that kind of stuff's exciting, I suppose.
1: Also, you got nowhere else to go. I, I really. shouldn't be saying
0: that. You're only as, as as old as you feel, so you know I'd be up for sex in a movie theater. Sweet, uh, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> but you know, but it's still, the whole point is that it's in this. Um, you know, it, it's. I think that there needs to be some sort of reason to go beyond just going to see the movie. The exception being if it's something you really want to see. But I'll tell you, there were two movies I really wanted to see. And I'm pretty sure they were summer blockbusters. One was Prometheus. I was really excited for that movie. Um, And I intended to go see it in the theater, and I did not. And the second movie was the Star Trek sequel, which I really wanted to go to the theater and see. And I also did not. So I'm not sure what my deal is with not going to the movie theater. But I just think... um, I just I don't know. I guess maybe it's just a question of we're all adults now. It's hard to get people together to go see things because it's you know obviously more fun to go in a group. And I think again that speaks to the whole. You know, it, it, and,
1: and movie profits are down. Like they are down across across the board. As at. If, if you take away like the th- surcharge that they put on 3D movies and stuff like that, uh, the total ticket sales are constantly constantly going down. Uh, the ticket prices are going up. Ticket sales are going down. And it's hard to justify paying more for one single movie for one person than I pay for Netflix in a month, right? Like that – it becomes becomes tricky. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. But in terms of uh, the the type of movie that's offered during the summer – um the the summer blockbuster, type film, special effects heavy, uh, big name heavy, all that sort of thing. I find like the last movie I saw in the theaters was this summer it was Iron Man 3 which was a May blockbuster so it was one of the ones that kicked off summer 2013. there's been other blockbusters since then I also wanted to see the Star Trek one did not see it um, there were other there are other ones that I, I want to see Elysium I haven't seen that I, I may see it but uh, but bottom line is that is that this type of movie has my interest these big special effects. Uh, movies, especially when paired with with notable creators that can put together good movies. I think for a time, there was a vacuum, sort of like a corporate vacuum, and you still see corporate movies like I think of The the Pirates of the Caribbean and I think of um, The Lone Ranger uh, both made, I think, by Gore Verbinski, like as sort of uh, and I could be wrong about the Lone Ranger on that, but Johnny Depp's and all of them. But they're definitely I see those as sort of a uh, corporate t movies. And then there's also a lot of a lot of blockbusters. There's a movement towards blockbuster movies being made by sort of auteur, like uh, you know directors uh, uh, of note that make art house movies that are moving over and making blockbusters. And so you're seeing richer blockbuster movies. And and I find that, like, I am attracted to these movies. I want to, I want to see them. I might not see them in theaters, but I will make a point of trying, trying to see these blockbusters. Yeah,
0: because this is in contrast to, and I've heard they're being referred to, like, an Academy movie season, which I guess is the fall and winter, when, like, Academy contenders tend to be in the theater, less, less so than the summer blockbuster. And to me, I think the draw of the summer blockbuster is... The spectacle of the thing. So we referenced Jaws in the beginning, and and I'm sure that was, you know, the talk around the water cooler was, did you see Jaws? Oh my God, it was amazing. They really made the shark look like, you know, real, and it was super scary. And there's so I think the summer blockbuster. I think I think it's it's there's there's a spectacle associated with movies made in that way. And are they good? Probably not. And you I think you're right that. Um, there are auteur filmmakers being enticed to make films uh, to to perhaps help uh, you know the audience change. changed the audience demands more. Um, not everyone wants to just go see you know uh, you know giant. Aliens getting blasted out the sky by uh, Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah. yeah.
1: But they, but they got got movies like The Dark Knight now that are like made by you know. Yeah, they, no,
0: Dark Knight is was is as fantastic as a film. You don't even think of it as a blockbuster when you watch it. It's got a, uh, you know an intelligent sensibility about it, and. But, um,
1: but, Bo, like, don't you find that if somebody says, hey, do you want to watch this arthouse movie, that you generally, like, I don't know about you, but I feel like my arm has to get twisted to see those movies. Somebody's got to be like, oh, I saw this it. really, really good and this and that. But it doesn't take a whole lot of twisting to make me go see a blockbuster movie because, and maybe you can argue the hype and all this, but it, they use the term popcorn flick. It's easily digestible, right? I, I find that it has that that innate innate appeal even if it's a bad blockbuster the worst you feel is like wow that was maybe a little bit of a waste of my time but if you see a bad art house flick sometimes it's like painful
0: yeah the the most example of that where i felt um just communally where like it was something i had to go see was the avengers movie i mean pretty much everywhere there's a lot of positive reaction to that film like uh, you should go see it kind of reaction and i didn't end up seeing it but um (laughs) <laughs> to me, that's probably that's probably an example of a blockbuster, um, you know, and so they have big name actors. They've got someone, you know, Joss Whedon, who actually also made The Cabin in the Woods that I mentioned before we talked about the topic, um, you know, it did a good job with it. And he's someone of note who did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think. And, you know, people like the guy. So, you know... I, it it seems like it's still there it's still selling the spectacle but trying to sell it to a more intelligent audience well the avengers
1: was was the blockbuster of last summer and and now it like and it was huge it's one of the top grossing films of all time now and i saw it in theaters uh and i definitely find the whole marvel studios now owned by disney is, has built sort of a framework which that they're now going to use for star wars which disney now also owns um Uh, to sort of tie in multiple movies together. And Iron Man 3 that came out that I mentioned that I went to see sort of uh, ebbed and flowed out of the Avengers and therefore made a similar amount of money. But it it feels like now that's what they have to do for blockbusters. They have to tie them together. There's post-credit sequences where they say, you know what, you just saw this movie. Here's a little teaser for what's to come. It's almost like next week on the Avengers... Or something, and they, they, it feels like they. First of all, I do like it personally, but I also feel like that the blockbusters are starting to hurt now. It, it, the studios are are gambling so much money um, that uh, on these on these movies that that they feel the need to sow the seeds for the next, next film. And you wonder if there's a better business model. You wonder if, could they not space these blockbusters out throughout the year? You know, a blockbuster that flopped, the Lone Ranger flopped during the summer, just massive flop. Disney lost tons of money. If they had held that movie and released it in sort of January, when there's nothing else, would it still have flopped? I don't know.
0: I don't know. But I will say that, um, you know, the, I went to see all three Lord of the Rings movies, which to me were as epic and as important as summer blockbusters. But if recollection serves, they're always released in December.
1: Yeah, they're, they are. And, and subsequent to the summer blockbuster season, there have been other Uh, blockbusters. There's a holiday blockbuster period which generally starts in American Thanksgiving in November and runs runs through Christmas. You often see Quentin Tarantino movies that are released there. All the Harry Potter movies, Lord of the Rings movies and all that sort of stuff get released in, in that period. The holiday-themed blockbusters as well uh, get released in that period. But the, um, I think we're focusing more on the summer, which is really remain still, even with the the winter period, as, as the big blockbuster. Have
0: you seen anything in 3D or IMAX or both?
1: Sometimes I don't I don't have a choice. I saw Avengers in three D. I think I saw Iron Man three in in three D. Um, I saw uh, I think Avatar on IMAX. Now this is going back, and it was not a summer block blockbuster. Oh, I I saw the I saw another movie on IMAX. I can't remember. There's only one IMAX real theater in in the city that we live in, and so it you know you have to buy your tickets in advance. Yeah. And let's face it, organization's not my strong suit.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, I just because that's another a, a, you know way to draw you know crowds in. Because I think the thing with summer blockbusters is, is, bring them in, like give give them something that they can't get anywhere else that they're excited to see. And I think our, our, our we also referenced at the top of the show that time was the commodity so the question is why is it enough to actually make me want to go see this and the, and the fa- and you talk about tying in all the stories together but the fact is the quality there's, there's some really great television production happening right now that sort of serves that niche if you kind of person that likes a story that carries through you've got that there's a number of different very uh intelligent very almost film like television series now that you can enjoy um and i think just that our level of of oh my god can you believe this is really not there, you know, like everyone, there's a bit of hype around the Man of Steel and how he destroys half a town or like, kills millions or uh, to save Earth. Anyways, you know, big controversy about, you know, this, that's not what the Superman character would do. Um, no interest again. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I feel like it'd have to be something really amazing. And maybe again, it appeals to a young crowd, but it's the spectacle of the thing that sort of draws the summer blockbuster in. And they're really trying, but there's, I think that we've hit that point that, you know, you always got to stay ahead of, which is where audiences are, you know, kind of blasé on, you know, what you're putting up to offer. And that's not really meeting their interest. I don't know if summer blockbuster is an outdated thing. They probably still make money and have the data to show that it's a valuable investment, a business investment to make a summer blockbuster. Um, It
1: feels like every year they're saying they made less money, though.
0: Well, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of going on in the movie industry with pirating and with the competition from television and all sorts of on demand services and great televisions at home and just what modern audiences are are impressed by or drawn in by all sort of you know they're all i don't want to say it's a death now i think movies are going to be around for a long time but uh you know i think there's a lot of misinformation there you know is yeah
1: no i agree with some of what you're saying i the i agree about tv but tv the type of storyline that you get in a tv show um a summer what a summer blockbuster is offering is 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 huge uh in scope and and uh for example here here's a direct comparison um there's the Walking Dead, which is a, a, a special effects-heavy television show focused on zombies, and recently, Brad Pitt's World War Z came out. The big difference between the two is that World War Z is is looking at a, a, a presenting a massive scope uh, of of zombies versus humanity, crazy world uh, that that is just not possible to replicate. On television, with with the budget of television, is one better than the other? Not necessarily, but it offers something that you can't get, you can't get necessarily on TV or afford to do on TV. And 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 I find that that that's what makes summer bu- summer blockbusters so seductive. Like a, a they uh, they're they're easy to di- they're easy to digest. They provide massive spectacle that you you don't get. Um, You know, on TV, uh, or, or at any other time of the year. And so, uh, so for me, I think I'm, I'm ready to come in almost on my verdict, uh, uh, already here. My one, my one question mark remains why they can't space these movies out. And, and also the whole sort of, and you touched on this with the IMAX 3D and the surcharges and all this is do we want to, um, Talk about the price of tickets and all that, and I don't. I think that's that's a separate issue, but but definitely one that is that that has curbed the amount of movies that I'm interested in going to see. The ticket price is so high, the 3D charge so so high. Also, you know, I think the audiences are turning against 3D. I think the novelty uh, is is gone, and I think that's partly due to the fact that they're looking for something um, that that provides additional value to what you have in your home your big tv in your home and now even the tvs have 3d so i mean they might not be getting the value there anymore either yeah
0: yeah and i was just thinking trying to think what was the last summer blockbuster something classified as a blockbuster i would have went to have gone seen and i think it was um i think it was transformers (laughs) (laughs) the first one the first one yeah and as a as a childhood i loved the transformers and we didn't have cable so i could barely watch it so i kind of have this thing with them and uh I was really excited. Michael Bay directing didn't even turn me off. <laughs> and, it, and it's it's funny because it Ma- so so, but yeah,
1: Michael Bay's making like a, um, a a Ninja Turtles movie, and I was much more into the Ninja Turtles than I was the Transformers. And we're going to see how I'm able to fend that off because honestly, the Transformers movies to me, and Michael Bay in general, he he is all that. The, there there's the two sides of the summer blockbusters there's what they can be the classic the the uh the Indiana Jones type escapism or there's there's what I consider the corporate creations and for me Michael Bay uh and those Transformer movies definitely reflect uh what I oh, consider they could they, they were corporate so, yeah
0: they were so Transformers is such to be honest out of toys Transformers is such a classy brand like it's classic. A lot of people hold Transformers dear, the characters and all that kind of stuff, I and mean, they just really ruined it. Like, and I really, I really just, I, part of me just wants to like it more than it actually is any good, just out of nostalgia. And yeah, that, that to me, he's the extreme, tr- you know, trend of here's spectacle, bunch of robots blowing up. And um, I know the one movie actually this summer that did interest me that um, was Pacific Rim. Have you seen it? Do you know if that's any good?
1: Uh, I heard, I you know, I've been interested in Pacific Rim, and I heard things about it in, in that it was, you know, a, a spectacle of special effects over character in many ways, the quintessential summer blockbuster. But it is made by an auteur, and Guillermo del Toro, who likes making these these uh, uh, special effect heavy, but visual effect and artistically de- um presented films I heard it looks gorgeous it's a bit like geek fan service but the, the characters are kind of underdeveloped in the plot it's really just a giant reason to have robots fight monsters right yeah
0: and then I think that's where the you know summer blockbusters really fail for the most part is that I think the priority is on the spectacle is on drawing the crowds and um, telling a really good story spinning a good yarn moving somebody emotionally or just getting them engaged in a really exciting way is really lost so yeah it's it's too bad um oh, I, I had a train of thought but I forgot what I was gonna uh, say
1: it got derailed yeah, yeah no i I agree with I agree with what you're saying um in many ways about summer blockbusters it's one of those things that that uh there's a giant corporate machine studios live and die on them and all the uh, and all this but at, at it at their heart it's one of those things that aspires to greatness and like the movies uh, the childhood movies I think of the movies that have defined you know defined my life uh, uh, the Ghostbusters or Back to the Futures or whatever you want they are the, the epitome of the summer blockbuster that is successful and then than the ones that are that are hollow, that are corporate, and all those those are the ones that make me turn against it. So it's one of those things that, that at its peak, at its ideal, is offering something that cannot be beat, if for, in my mind, for entertainment value. Uh, and at its worst, is something that is hollow and corporate. But I always have to look to to, to the glass half full and to its best. And for that reason, coming in with a verdict on summer blockbusters, I feel that summer blockbusters are. Good.
0: All right. That's the good sound. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, I'm you sorry. know, um, yeah, I, it's funny. We have to turn in a review and, you know, we've been spending all this time talking about summer blockbusters and I'm not sure how I feel. I'm trying to think of the best summer blockbuster I would have seen. What's the yeah. best one?
1: Well, I, I don't know, because here's the thing. When, when you're a kid, um, you might not recognize that what you're seeing is during the summer what you're like i remember one of the first summer blockbusters that i went to see in theaters and i saw it twice it was the first movie i ever saw twice was jurassic park and uh that it's just one of those those movies that is like special effects heavy but has a a story keeps you totally enthralled your jaw drops you know uh and, and that's that's what i associated out of a a great summer blockbuster so some of these movies they, they 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 left huge impressions on you i guarantee if you look for their release date you'd be like holy smokes that was a you know that was a summer blockbuster
0: yeah yeah I, i'm probably gonna i'd probably if i had to answer the question i'd go with like the original star wars movies maybe i don't know it's pretty young but those are definitely you know some of the most uh most fun I've had watching movies. That would be the Star Wars or the Indiana Jones movies, except that fourth one. It's awful. Uh,
1: <laughs> which was also a summer blockbuster.
0: I know, but yeah. And th- th- there's definitely a shift too between the two. You have your post pre-CGI era and post-CGI era.
1: Yeah, well, um, I definitely find they... Indiana that fourth Indiana Jones movie, to me, felt like that, that corporate emptiness I was sort of telling you about. That's really... It was not even the CGI, CGI not even the age... Like, this wasn't
0: fun. Like, like, like there was
1: something, and it was something empty. Something like money on the screen. You know, we're we're doing this for money, and not because. it's
0: Fun, it's, like yeah, it, to me, like a summer blockbuster. Fine, okay, summer blockbuster. We're trying to draw people in. We're not writing um, Hamlet here. You know, we're not trying to move people. We're, you want to come in and you want to have a good time, right? You want to laugh and, and like that hit movie with your fun. verdict,
1: Bo. I I <sighs> gotta get your verdict here.
0: God damn it! I gotta say that summer blockbusters are bullshit. Mm. And uh, oh, yeah, so stinky one, <laughs> but I totally can understand why you'd say that. Yeah, because you know, and, and and I'm gonna reference what you said is that you only have time for grade A material, <laughs> and grade and, A baby. And, and and I'm of the same suit. Time is the commodity with all that there is to see and watch in this wonderful age we live in. Um, so I go with quality and summer blockbusters, you know, the quality you're going to get. And I think the scale that you're rating a summer blockbuster is, was it fun to watch or not? But you definitely don't go in, you know, hoping to be moved and, um, just to be impacted in that way. Like a really good story can impact you, uh, you know, like, um, you know, movies that you'd see at come Academy time, like, a uh, uh, doubt or, uh. Uh, is that a movie called? Yeah, it was Doubt, the one with the uh, and the priests, priests and the nuns. I mean, that was really good. You know, something that you, you don't get that level of film. Something that's really going to sort of move you and make you feel something. So I'll go with bullshit because I'll still watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I see why why you'd say that, and and uh, I you know I, I disagree. I think and and I I feel that um, the the, the Two parts that I have problems with are the corporate emptiness of some of them and the fact that they don't space these movies out over the entire year and really like go heavy in the summer. And I know there's regions kids are off, people are, you know, people have more disposable time on vacation. Uh, looking for some fun stuff to do. I, I'm sure they have a zillion reasons. Like you said, they probably pulled up metrics, up the yin yang about about. Uh, our about viewing it.
0: habits or attendance habits.
1: Yeah, but like when it comes to finding uh, grade A material, some of my all time grade A material is the uh, is our uh, summer blockbusters. And so, uh, you know, I I hear your bullshit, but I say a good.
0: All right, you raise you hear my bullshit, and you raise me a good.
1: I, I raise you a good.
0: Oh, oh, birds are coming in. All right. Okay, looks like we got a piece of mail today, Crofton. Sweet. All right, so um, don't we every day? <laughs> today, today's listener mail is from Al. <laughs> um, oh God. <laughs> yes. <yeah, so, laughs> he's just got to be in every episode, don't you, Al? I swear. At, um, least, at least he's not somebody who's related to you. Yeah, that's true. No, no. Well, you were just saying we have we have lots of listeners. So, um, hey guys, I have a topic for you—one I'm quite passionate about. My topic is sidewalk etiquette. And he says to explain what I mean by this, I'll give you an example. While walking on the sidewalk, have you ever been struck behind? Have you ever been stuck behind three people walking side by side at the slowest possible place, completely ignorant of the lineup of people behind them? Has this ever happened to you, Crofton? Yeah okay so um or has it ever happened to you that you're walking on a certain path while someone else is walking towards you and just as they pass you if you hadn't turned sideways to let them by there would have been a hefty collision uh check for me crofton uh yeah i'm sure all right so uh these are some of the frustrations i face walking in a moderately populated downtown ottawa should there be rules for walking on sidewalks malls etc if so are these unspoken rules
1: so yeah, no, that's that's uh it's an interesting topic. In terms of rating something good, bad, or bullshit, you'd have to say Al's saying that there should be sidewalk etiquette and sidewalk etiquette would be good. We would have to we would have to uh to think about it. We could put it in the randomizer, we could just discuss it now. It's your call.
0: No, let's put it in the randomizer, we'll save it. because uh, you know, I think that um we'll have a lot to say about this topic, but uh, you know, to to just respond to his question, yes, there are people who definitely yeah, I, sometimes I, I, I'm asking myself, like, what if I don't obey the rules today, and I'm just gonna walk into whoever decides not to walk around me, yeah. and be that person. But then I'm just be a douche, you know. It's just outside my character. It's
1: just funny because it, even though there are technically no rules per se, it's people sort of. Uh, put on the uh, the same rules as driving, and like we'll walk, like we'll always walk in our in our country on the right side of the sidewalk. And this really never occurred to me until I went to Australia and New Zealand and such. And uh, you knew the opposite there. Oh, sorry, yeah, and it was it was in England um, that, that it really struck me. I was sw- I was in England and they drive on the opposite side of the road, and I was walking on the sidewalk, and it just seemed like I was about to bump into people all the time. And it turned out that it, they were, you know, they, they internalized the driving for their walking as well. So they're walking on the left all the time.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that must be a real sort of weird moment of subtle culture shock when you realize yeah. you're doing everything backwards. I'm like, excuse
1: me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse <laughs> you're, you're me. You're the
0: outcast in society. Yeah. but And the people who won't get out of your way, that's a big problem too, you know. Yeah. Because I've done it where I like, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm walking off the sidewalk and into the road to walk past you assholes because, you know, you can't hear me uh, walking behind you. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll throw that in the random topic gener- generator. Thank you, Al, for your email. Um, so if you have something you'd like to say about one of our episodes or just have a topic you'd like to suggest, you can email us at goodbadps at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. All right. Uh, now, if you want to find out more about the show, just happen to find the show. You can find our website at gbbpodcast.com. That's the uh, initials for good, bad, bullshit, podcast.com. Uh, there you'll find links to, uh, to subscribe to our podcast on the iTunes uh, uh, store, or there are some RSS subscribe links that you can use as well. All right, uh, Crofton, where can these fine listeners find you on the internet?
1: They can find me at at Crofton Steers on Twitter.
0: Alright, and if you want to follow Michael Hodgins, you can follow uh, at Indonesia's account. That's probably the closest uh, place you'd be able to find him. Otherwise, you can fly to Indonesia and look for him your damn self. All and right. At this
1: point, you probably don't even remember who he is anymore. We'll yeah. just replace him with another cast member. Nobody will know the difference. It's funny
0: because we've asked a few people to come on and guest and they're all like uh, they all don't like the sound of their voice, Crofton. They're, they're nervous. So, I'm going to call them out in the show and say, boo
1: freaking who? <laughs> <laughs> hey we sh- you know what we should see if mr h wants to do it mike's dad he would uh he would be a good one
0: yeah yeah let's uh all right well we'll think about that for the next episode we'll try and get right somebody else. involved all right um now you can follow me on twitter at beau schwartz and i think that about wraps up the show any closing thoughts from you crofton
1: no, uh, aside from the fact that I felt it was a great a show,
0: and I'm uber excited about it. Oh goddamn, you! You're uber. I swear to god, don't stop saying that right now. <laughs> It'd be funny by the time Mike comes back. We're just saying Uber all the time, and we're both indoctrinated. Well, you're not. You're just playing along, and I am. all right, okay. Well, that about wraps up the show. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, until next time, toodles. See you
1: later. Bye. baby.